This is the Out of Bounds Podcast, where we talk all things current in the sports community. of the Out of Bounds Podcast. I am your host, Jalen, with my partner, Jeremiah. This week, we tackle the NBA. So, rookie rankings. What are your thoughts on that? I'm pretty sure right now, from what I've been seeing, um, there's only a debate between two people, and it's Chet Holmgren and Victor Wimbanyama. And Victor is coming out of France, super high uh, expectations coming into the season. He's lived up to him so far. Everybody thought he was going to be rookie of the year, and then Chet comes in, and they're going back and forth so much that it's a little hard to tell right now. Um, I was looking at two different sources, and like one of them had Chet on top, one of them had Victor on top. So. Who do you have? Who, who's your vote for? You uh, I think right be? now mine's probably Victor. Mm. Um, I think Interesting. He, I think he um, he's living up to the expectations that people had of him. Um, and so far, I haven't been disappointed with the way he's playing. Mm-hmm. They're averaging about the same amount of stats. And I, I think by the end of the season, he's going to come out as the better player. Because, again, we're only like 15 or so games into the season. Okay. Um, well, that's tell, just my opinion. So. I'll tell you this. I actually – I'm voting for Chet. I watched an interview before the season, and she asked him what did he expect to do during the season. And he said, if I'm healthy and I'm playing, I'm going to be able to do 50-40-90. And that's what he's averaging right now. He's averaging 53% from the field, 44% from three, 91% from free throw. He He's a man that stands on business. <laughs> I'm actually very impressed with him. And the the unit that he has in Oklahoma is great. With Shy at the one, Josh Giddy. Well, maybe not Josh Giddy much <laughs> longer. So sorry to say that. Yeah. Um, that, that, unit that he has in OKC I love that offense I I and that's why they're sitting right now at second in the west with a record of 11 to 5 now Victor is a great player Victor Jesus Christ to see that man play it's something is in motion but his team is currently last in the west sitting at 3 and 14 so I'm gonna need a little more production from him I need a, a, a good gap in between his points per game and Chet's points per game to like solidify it. But right now my votes for, for Chet to go ahead and take it home. Yeah, no, I can see. I definitely think, um, like you said, that Chet's got a better surrounding cast for sure. So it makes it, makes it a little more uh, difficult for when to perform better when you don't have as like, you don't have as many good uh, tools around you. Um, Cause I think SGA right now is he's listed top five in the MVP race. Um, I don't know exactly where he stands on that, but yeah, he definitely, Shea's been proving that he's one of the top players. And then of course you've got a bunch of other key pieces around him there too. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of the season. Agreed, agreed. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was the in-season tournament. Um, this is a new thing that's been brought to the NBA. Um, teams are split into, is it six brackets? Yeah, they are. Because there's a West ABC and an East, East ABC. ABC. Yep. All right. The current rankings for them is in the East A category. The Pacers are sitting at four and one. Second place goes to the Cavaliers with a two and one record. East B, we have the Bucks at three and zero. Oh. 
the Knicks at two and one at the second place. In the East C, we have the Celtics sitting at two and one, and the Magic sitting at three and one. Now, this is an interesting topic here. Despite the Magic having the better record, the chance to advance and win their group is higher for the Celtics. That's why they were ranked. That's why they were stated first. In the West A, we have the Lakers who've locked up their their division. They are four and zero with the Suns sitting at second place, three and one. The West B Pelicans at three and one with the Rockets at two and one. And West C has the Kings sitting at three and three and zero, and the Warriors at two and one. Now these teams were separated at random, um, and the records that you have in these in-season tournament games go towards your regular season record yeah i i still don't really understand the purpose of the tournament honestly like i don't know it's just another trophy in my opinion to give to a team because like it does affect their regular season record but it doesn't affect their chances to like make the playoffs or anything it'd be interesting if they added like something else to where the winner of this tournament was like a guaranteed playoff lock or something like that but in reality the best of each conference is going to make it out or like one of the best of each conference is going to make it out and usually when those teams are playing that good that early in the season they usually don't let up by the time it comes playoffs so so for the listeners who are confused on what it is this is the first in-season tournament and it started november 13th and it will last all the way to december 9th the semifinals start on december 7th The tournament consists of two stages, group play and knockout rounds. In group play, all 30 teams who have been randomly selected are split into six groups of five. And they've been playing against each other so far, and you guys have been provided with the records. The knockout round consists of eight teams that will advance. The team with the best standing in group play games in each of the six groups. And two wildcard teams. So out of those second place teams that we noted, that we named, um, whichever one has the best record between those are the last two that fall in the wildcard spot. The knockout rounds would be single elimination games in the quarterfinal played in the NBA team's market. And those will happen between December 4th and December 5th. That's the semifinals in the championship. Qualifying teams will compete for a prize pool and the new in season tournament trophy. So what I'm hearing is that there is money to be won. Oh as yeah. Well. There's an incentive for the winner. Okay. Which that that also is a little confusing to me too because like if you're looking at professional sports, I don't see a reason why you should award teams money if they're already like if you're already in a professional sports organization, there should be enough money already. So I don't I don't necessarily understand why they're giving them more money per se. Um, that's kind of confusing to me, but. One thing that I'm not going to complain about, though, is those courts. Those are beautiful. Yeah, those I are, wish, I they wish should they, do that more often. I was, I was going to say, I wish they would have those as like some type of like concept court that they could do for the regular season, too. But Even if they just stuck with it for the playoffs, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, like, give the home team court like the logo like they do. All right. Next topic at hand, we're going to talk about power rankings. Best team in the East. Who do you, who do you have? What are the records? Um, so when I was doing research, uh, currently the Celtics sit on top of the East. Uh, they're 13 and four, um, but they're only one game ahead of the Magic and the Bucks. Um, each team is 12 and five. Um, and then the 76ers are only a game and a half back. Um, they're 11 and five. Um, but in reality, I can only see 
three teams coming out of the East right now when it comes to playoff time because, like most professional sports, playoff bat like playoff basketball is completely different than regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see the Celtics, Sixers, or Bucks. Those are the three teams that I have seen previous years. Those three teams have proven that they can play good. I was a little shaky on the Bucks when they first got Dame because he's been back and forth on his very, production. Very much so. Um, but those are the three teams that I see coming out of the East right now. Um, and then in the West, the Timberwolves are 12-4, and four, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, they're only ahead by one game to the OKC Thunder, like you said, mm-hmm. are in second place right now, and they're 11-5. and five. Uh, The Suns are 11-6. They're a game and a half back. And then the Nuggets and the Mavericks are both two games back from the uh, Timberwolves right now in the West. Okay, tell me this now. Are the Nuggets going back to the NBA Finals? um, I think they have a chance, Mm -hmm. but it is super early in the season. So I can't – like, I wouldn't place any bets right now. Okay. Um, My thing is is that – Talk about this a little more in depth in a little bit, but Jokic is still on top for MVP ladder right now. Yes, um, he's still performing at a high level. At the second place, they right now they have Embiid sitting at the two and Luka Doncic sitting at the three. Yeah, and so then you look at the Mavericks are tied with the Nuggets right mm-hmm. now in standing wise. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for later in the season because of course we're only about 15, 16 games in right now, and it's an eighty-two game season. So mixing the two together, right, overall power ranking. The teams that I have top five in the NBA right now have the Boston Celtics. While they are atop the East with a 13-4 record, I believe that they have the best backcourt in the NBA. To have Derek White and Drew Holiday, defensive guards. Now, I know a lot of teams or a lot of people were, were iffy or upset about losing Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, the heart of the team. Mm-hmm. I shed a tear that day, I remember. Mm-hmm. But the production that Drew Holiday and Derek White have brought to that team is astounding. Um, what do you think about the Kristaps uh, Porzingis signing, too? Do you think oh, that, that was amazing. So, because in order to get Kristaps, they gave away Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm Brogdon didn't want to be there. He, he made that pretty evident, and... No, no need for you to play on a team that you don't want to be at. We're like, we don't, you're taking space right now. If you don't want to be here, you can go. So, okay to let him go. Yes, he did win sixth man of the year, and rightfully so. Man, was a great player. Robert Williams. I've never seen that man shoot a three-pointer in my life. He was, I mean, last season he was injured half the time, too. And then whenever he was playing on the floor, he, like, from what I saw, he didn't look like he wanted to be there. Like, he just. He can, he can jump. He can block. That man can't make a post move. I I am not complaining about having Chris Tapps over Robert Williams. Me neither. Porzingis suffered an injury in the loss to Orlando on Friday afternoon season. He's doing a pretty good job, averaging nearly 19 points on 55% from the field. They will reevaluate that calf strain in about a week. So with that, where do you think the, like, how do you think that's going to affect their games leading up to his return if he does return in that week? So, I know that right now they have Al Horford. That's their center. I believe they have Sam Hauser coming off the bench. He's going to have to he's going to have to step up. I remember the last game that he did step up. He put up about 10 6 and 6. And I mean, that's not huge to like all-star standings, but for someone who isn't getting that much playing time for you to step in and 
I think that they will be okay. If Chris Stapps end up being out for the season, I know that that's going to be a detrimental hit to their team. But right now, I feel like at least a week, they can go without without Chris Stapps, and they're not going to waver from being top three teams in the East. I feel like the Celtics have enough offensive and defensive power to go ahead and take care of business. Yeah, and I think um, I saw they're playing the Bulls tomorrow, and then they're playing the Sixers their next game after that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they match up against the Sixers without him too. Because, mm-hmm. of course, you have Embiid sitting third place in MVP race. He's playing amazing basketball. He's, I mean, he can't top Jokic as the best center because of his production. Um, he's just – he doesn't have the playmaking there. Great defender, great scorer, but – Jokic just has that playmaking over him, which is why I agree with you that he's the best at his position. So, The Timberwolves are a team that no one expected to be talking about, but we are early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Edwards. He's the real deal. He's he's the real deal. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's the real deal. He's up there in the MVP conversation. I think he's, like, sitting right outside the top five, like at set, like six or seven, I think. Every um, year he's played, he's been better than the year before. He is the person that they are currently comparing to MJ. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I like that's that. A, that's a very high it really comparison is. to live up to for sure. So, I wanted to put the Suns at the three. I expected so much more for them. They haven't played the big three, I should say. The big three of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Bill have not played that many games together. Um... But they are sitting third in the in the West right now. I feel like they have potential to make it deep in the playoffs, but I don't know if they have what it takes to make it to the finals. The Nuggets are still the favorite, even though they're sitting at the four seed right now, are still the favorite to come out of the West. There is no answer for Jokic. There is nothing that that man cannot do. The best that you can do is hope that your team can outscore their team. The Lakers are having a pretty good season. Um, all their pieces are moving together. They have Rui. He's playing. I'm waiting to see when Jared Vanderbilt's going to come back. That's going to be a great piece to their offense. Um, Austin Reeve is being consistent. LeBron has the load taken off of him. AD is stepping up more. The Lakers are contenders. They, they, they really are contenders. With a full, healthy team, I think that the Lakers – We'll make a push. Yeah, I was gonna say the only thing you got to worry about is AD's health because it's been so iffy, and that's that's part of the reason why I feel like they didn't make it as far as they did last year because he just wasn't healthy the whole time. So. The Bucks, after they've added Dame, um, I remember the day that he signed. I was worried. I was worried. I was like, that pick and roll is gonna be insane. Because what do you do? Do you let Dame shoot that three pointer? Or do you let Giannis go in and get that and one? Because those are two of the most unstoppable moves right there. But the Celtics played them a couple weeks ago, I think November 22nd, and the Celtics won. It may have been a close game, but a win is a win. You can win by one point, you can win by 30 points. A win is a win. And that was the first look that my vote for the Eastern Conference champion went against everyone else's. 76ers have, of course, traded away James Harden and got roughly the entire bench for the Clippers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
I think their record since losing James Harden was like nine and ten. Like not they won nine out of ten games, whereas the Clippers they won one out of eight. Yeah, the Sixers are sitting at eleven and five on the season right now, and they're in fifth place. They're tied for fifth place with the Thunder in the overall standings. So they're both sitting at a .688 win percentage right now. The Clippers are seven and eight with a .467 win percentage. So just let the stats do the talking there. Speaking of stats, we talked about potential rookies of the year. What do you have your vote as the who's going to take the MVP? Or who do you – tell me this. Who do you want to take the MVP first, and then we can talk about who, who has the best chance? I mean, obviously, I want Jason Tatum to prove that he's playing at that level, but he's not as – he's not up there with playmaking right now. Mm-hmm. He's he's a great scorer. Last year led the NBA in points per game. Um, but I think if he – focuses his game more on not just the scoring aspect. Um, he could get up there. He's fifth in the MVP race right now, um, according to the NBA and their Kia MVP ladder. Um, and this was as of yesterday whenever I was doing the research on this. Um, he's averaging more points per game than Jokic, but in every other stat, he's behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only a .4 difference of points per game between the two. I think Jokic could win it again. I don't understand last year how he didn't. I don't know if it's just because the NBA didn't want a three-time back-to-back MVP because he won it the two years before that. That's true. But I think he's proven that he's at that level. He can stay at that level until he retires, maybe. I think right now, especially for centers, you don't usually see centers winning MVPs very much anymore. Like It used to be like small forwards, power forwards, shooting guards, like the – more He's like, def- he is definitely the best at his position. That's that's without a doubt. Yeah, so that's why I was a little confused why he didn't win it last year. Um, again, I'd like to see Tatum win it, but I think it's I think Jokic has a chance to win it again, and that'd be an amazing story to win three MVPs in four seasons. So. so my personal vote, and I feel like the only way that he will be taken seriously is if his team is higher than the – is in the top three in the West – I think it's Luca's time. I, I really think Luca is such a versatile weapon, absolute offensive juggernaut. Great from the great from three, great from the free throw line, an amazing assister. He kind of reminds me of the the white version of Magic Johnson oh, a little bit. Oh, okay. With, without a doubt, I can yeah. I can say that because he, I mean, he's a point. He's a tall point guard like Magic was. Um, he he literally does everything. He can score. He can pass. Gets rebounds. He's averaging 30.5 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, 8.1 assists per game, Correct. shooting 48.7 from the field. I mean, the stats don't lie. And he's second in the MVP conversation right now behind mm-hmm. Jokic because it's Jokic, Luka, Embiid, then SGA's fourth. Correct. And then Tatum's fifth. And, of course, that's just going off of week-to-week mm-hmm. week to week uh, rankings. So those could change literally two weeks from now. One of those people could be out. Somebody else could be in. I do agree with you. I think I think Luka, like you said, the only way he's going to win it is if his team comes out top three in the West. They're two games back from Minnesota right now. Yeah. Um, but it's literally anyone's game at this point. So, Because, again, they're only like 16 games into the season. So. 
Shea is currently averaging 30.4 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, and 6.3 assists. I don't know if it's going to be enough for him to take the MVP, but I am I am so happy to see these numbers from him. His team is going to the playoffs. His team will not be walked over. He's well, the- you, I agree because you look at his stats, he's top five in the MVP conversation, and then like we talked about earlier, you got Chet sitting on top of the rookie Rookies, rankings yeah. right now. And then, of course, the whole situation with Josh Giddy. I don't want to get into that. Yeah. If, for whatever reason, they let him play again, he was playing good basketball. I think they have a pretty solid team. Like you said, if SGA and Chet play like they are right now, I mean, could you imagine, like you were saying, with Dame and Giannis, like the pick and roll between Chet and SGA? Because mm-hmm. SGA, he's got good handles. He's oh my really gosh. quick at the ball, that, too. That mid-range jumper and he's, yeah, is, his, oh, my god, His mid-range is really good. Sean Livingston, right. Best that I've ever seen do it. Got Chris Paul, got Carmelo Anthony. Shea. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm putting Shea up there at the top five best like mid-range shot. DeMar DeRozan also in that. Yeah. If we're just going currently, I'm my money's between DeMar DeRozan and, and Shea. Those are that oh You think God. DeRozan still got that though? I do. I don't think that his team's gonna do anything or or yeah. he's going to <laughs> or he's gonna have such a great season, but like He's a pure shooter. I've heard talks about how people think Tyrese Halliburton has a chance to win MVP too, but the Pacers are sitting at nine and six, 600 win percentage right now, and they're three games back from first place in the East. What I think is crazy, the Magic are second in the East right now. Hey, Pablo. Pablo. I remember watching him when he played in college, and I knew that when he came to the league that he was going to be an issue. I remember Jalen Suggs playing when he was in college, and he hasn't been... You know, too productive here, but that's okay. You know, you made it to the league. That's what's important. You didn't make it to the league. And that concludes another episode of the Out of Bound Podcast. If you've made it this far, I encourage you to tune in next week. As always, I want to thank you for your time. Signing off.